Hello and welcome to today's episode. Today I'm going to be chatting with Dr. Tatiana Habanova about neuroplasticity and turning thoughts to things. I'm really excited to get into a conversation on the power of manifesting and positive thinking. It's something I personally have been practicing for over 15 years. So I cannot wait to hear what Dr. Habanova has to say about the neuroplasticity connection. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to empowering you to live your best life by taking accountability for your own personal wellness. Women in particular have a tendency to take care of everyone else around them first while putting their own self-care and wellness on the back burner. This podcast is designed to give you actionable advice and tools to help you power up your own wellness journey and live the best life possible. I am your host, Amy Zellmer. I am editor-in-chief of the Brain Health Magazine and author of several books. Additionally, I am passionate about yoga, photography, wellness, and all things glittery. You can find more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today's guest is Dr. Tatiana Habanova, and she is a board-certified chiropractic neurologist practicing in Wellington, Florida. She is the clinical director of Palm Beach Brain Center, a premier state-of-the-art neuroperformance and concussion clinic, providing non-invasive brain-based healthcare using a functional neurology approach. She is the host of Brain Health Savvy, a weekly podcast which inspires listeners with real conversations between Dr. Habanova and other brain health experts and highlights fierce, unapologetic women who are trailblazing their way in creating brain-healthy lifestyles. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Habanova. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Oh, thank you, Amy. It's great to be here. I always enjoy connecting with you anytime we get a chance to, to do that on the airwaves or in person when time allows for that. So it's always a pleasure to be with you. And thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm honored as being one of your guests today. Yeah, and I am so excited for this conversation, um, you know, about, you know, manifesting, mindset, positive thinking. And I know a lot of people kind of get in that rut of like, this sucks. I don't feel good. I'm never going to get better. And when you're in that mindset, you can't get better, right? You have to get out of that mindset. Um, so I'm really excited what you have to share with us today. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, and it is challenging when you are struggling maybe with an illness or an injury or something that you're having to overcome physically. Uh, yeah. So, you know, sometimes things take time to heal. So you're kind of reminded on a daily basis that you're still not well, like let's say you sprained your ankle or something, you know, and you just want to jump out of bed or in the middle of the night you wake up and have to go to the bathroom and you're like, oh, 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 you know, like you're aware of those things. So it brings it to the consciousness and it can it can get you locked in. And sometimes uh, we can have setbacks in our healing. So sometimes healing, you know, takes a little longer than we expect, but also if we're just wanting to improve our overall well-being, let's say there isn't 
a particular injury or issue uh, that one is trying to overcome, they're just generally wanting to improve their well wellness, right? They want to improve their mental wellness, their physical well-being, uh, you know, whatever the goals may be. I think I think it's important as human beings, we constantly strive to become better on many levels, uh, you know, and definitely in our health where it's always a pursuit, right? So we always want to pursue uh, wellness and health and, and optimization, so to speak, right? That's how we live a life of longevity uh, and minimize injuries or lifestyle diseases that might creep into to one's world. And one's mindset is, is typically, you know, a, a key factor that a lot of times doesn't necessarily always get discussed uh, in the typical route of, let's say you're just starting an exercise program, you know, or maybe you want to take up yoga because it's very amazing. And, you know, you want to jump into that for various reasons. Everyone has maybe some different motivations. They just want to become more flexible. They want to maybe connect to their mind and body. Uh, you know, maybe they're looking for weight loss, right? Maybe they're just looking for a general sense of, of just wellness, right? So, but, but an area that sometimes, you know, needs, I think needs to be discussed more. And I do think in the, in the years to come, we're going to see more of this conversation as we get to understand the neuroplasticity and understand clinical neuroscience and its effects uh, on our mental states. So something we need to keep in mind, and this goes for anything, is first and foremost, our brain controls everything. Can we agree on that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything. We like to think maybe our body's in control for some things, but really is still a message coming from the brain down into the it's body. Your motherboard. So <laughs> it's your motherboard. You got it. So everything starts there. And we can forget because we're such you know, humans, we're thinking beings. We have this amazing cortex, this thinking part of our brain that other species actually really don't have. We're the largest, right? We have the largest cortex. So we have these amazing abilities, but we forget we still have a very primitive element to our brain. We, you know, that we share among all the species, right? So we have this real primitive area in our brain and believe it or not, it runs a lot of things in the background. And we like that, right? Like, for example, it's going to, you know, allow your heart to beat on its own. It's going to allow you to just breathe without having to think it's going to digest your food and, you know, do all these other amazing, you know, organ functions and other processes in terms of holding you upright and helping you with your balance and posture. And, and when you are doing those yoga poses, for example, you know, it's going to help you orientate where you are in space and all this wonderful stuff that you're not really thinking about. You're probably just um in the moment <laughs> and that's what you're thinking about, but your brain's busy making sure you don't fall over. Um, so, so there's this like kind of, you know, a subconscious part when we mean subconscious, it just means it's below consciousness, like submarine means to submerge, you know, underneath. Uh, so our, our conscious part of our brain is sort of that top part, that cortex, but all this other stuff happens below the surface, so to speak, right? So you're not even consciously aware, although you can bring your conscious mind to, let's say, breath, a very important part of yoga, for example, and, and also other exercise programs. Uh, but you can become intentional with your breath and you can be conscious of your breath. And now that's drawing up your conscious mind into the mix. But when you're doing other things throughout the day or 
in your yoga practice or whatever, you're not thinking about breathing. You're not thinking about these other things, correct? So there's this amazing, amazing, you know, super chip in the motherboard, let's say, I don't even know if that's right, because I'm not a computer science (laughs) person, (laughs) expert. Uh, But you have this like amazing area of your brain that is its primary job is survival. And I want to make that super clear. The brain's primary job is survival, your survival. So this primitive part of our brain, if we can just go in and kind of realize that every day your brain, this deeper primitive part is kind of, it's like a surveillance system. It is constantly scanning the environment the external environment, as well internal environment, looking for any signs or clues of danger or threat, okay? Because its primary job is to keep you safe. So if all of a sudden, let's say you're, I don't know, walking down the street and all of a sudden there's something kind of rustling in the bushes nearby as you're walking by, right? Your surveillance system, and maybe you're like on the phone chatting or listening to some music or something. So you're a bit tuned out, you know, your, your focus is maybe on your conversation, let's say, or you're listening to one of Amy's amazing podcasts on your um, earbuds. Yep. So, um, so you're all into that, you know, and you're walking, it's a great day. You're just enjoying the sunshine and it's just, you feeling awesome. Um, but that surveillance system of your brain picks up some rustling in the bushes and it can bring it to your consciousness, but prior to doing that, it is actually already evaluating the situation and trying to figure out what could that be in the bushes? Like, could it be a bunny rabbit, right? Could it be a cat? Maybe the neighborhood cat got in there, you know, maybe it's a snake, right? Like maybe it's something that's going to jump out and kill you, right? I mean, that seems a little strange, but your brain, believe it or not. So you got to get this. You got to understand this, but you're trying to create accomplishments and you're trying to manifest your new reality and you're trying to achieve, um, you know, new habits in your health and well-being, whatever that is that you're taking on. Okay. Your primitive brain is trying to keep you safe. So it's going to, there's another aspect to it. How it does this is by prediction. It is going to run a thousand and million scenarios. Believe it or not, you're just walking along, listening to Amy and the podcast, love and life. But another aspect of your brain, unconscious to you, right? Because it's below the consciousness. This is going on. It is running all these predictions and it is trying to recall based on previous memories that you've had. So previous experience, experiences of when there was rustling occurring in the bushes. So it's going through the filing cabinet, like trying to figure out when did, you know, because maybe a snake sounds different rustling in the bushes than a bunny rabbit, for example, let's say, right? So your brain is like trying to go back, try and remember, but guess what it also does? And this is the important part. Not only does it try to figure out what's in the bushes to keep you safe, right? That's its job. It uses memory, goes back to old experiences. It also makes stuff up, believe it or not. It just predicts every possible scenario that it can come up with that could potentially be in that bush. And it, it, it just comes up with all these scenarios. And then it collapses on 
a conclusion, right? And if it thinks it's a snake, it might bring that idea up to consciousness because snakes scare the hell out of me. So <laughs> for me, it would be a snake. Um, <laughs> but it would you be like that Florida. idea. Like, yeah, I do live in Florida. We do get those little garden snakes that sometimes slither out. Ah! Okay, so. So let's say it is a snake. My brain collapses on that idea and says, yeah, we believe based on our best prediction and previous, you know, recalling it's, it's just, this is happening in microseconds. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is so fast. And it tells my brain it's a snake jump, like jump out of the way. Right. So it's going to bring it to consciousness and I'm going to alter my behavior, or it can also believe it or not, this part of the brain can already alter your own behavior for you. So it can already start to prepare my body for jumping before I become aware, I better jump out of the way. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say here is to recognize there's this deep part of your brain. It's very old. It's neurologically rooted into reflexes. And it's very primitive. It hasn't changed in a million gazillion years. Okay. Which means it's not evolving, which means it's probably arrived to where it feels it, it does well. Right. So when we look at Darwinium, a Darwin, Darwinium, I never say that correct. When Darwin was doing, um, his theory and now of, of, of evolution with the genes, it's only when there's a reason for the genes to change, do they change? But if this area feels like it's doing a good job of keeping you alive, the way it's doing it, that's the way it's doing yeah. it. Right. So it just kept me alive from this, like, you know, garden steak, um, you know, and I jumped out of the way and everything is good and we carry on, but your brain 24, seven, 24, seven constantly is, is scanning and surveilling the, the environment for threats. Remember, this is what it perceives as a threat, right? So once I saw that it was just a garden snake, I was like, oh, it's a garden snake. I mean, still creepy and gross. Yeah, right. But, it's um, not going to kill you. <laughs> but it's not going to kill me. And I'm just going to kind of like, you know, move off to the side and carry on and in three seconds, forget about it and go back to my podcast with Amy, you know, and enjoy my listening. So, um, but this is what your brain is doing. So why sometimes you want to do something, but you feel like you you can't like, are there situations in your life that you have been wanting to change for the longest time, but for some reason you just can't. Right. Right. You just take a moment to think about that. What are some things that you wish to just improve a bit? Maybe they're going well too, but you're like, I'd like it a little better, or maybe you're not happy with an area of your health and well being, and you want to improve it right? It could be small, you know, small steps to achieve that, or maybe it's a bigger goal and, and you've tried and tried. And for some reason you just can't get there. Right. So I just want to bring this to just kind of break, bring it on the table and uh, you know, let you be aware that there is this surveillance system inside of you that is scanning the environment for your survival, trying to predict which stimuli are going to be a threat and then to, to take action on your behalf and to try to keep you safe. Now, the important thing here to understand is how does the brain get this information? Well, it gets it from what you see, what you hear, what you think, 
and what you feel. I mean, how is the brain that's hidden inside your skull, you know, able to sense what's outside the surveillance system, right? It's just, you know, I think of like scanning things, right? Well, how's it doing it? Well, it's taking um, the incoming information. So it's, it's how information about the world is coming into your brain. So how do we get information from the outside world in? Well, through our senses, right? So things we see, so visually we see things, right? Sometimes it's what we see in our mind's eye, not necessarily what we see in our eyes, Okay, so the brain doesn't know the difference between what it sees and what it imagines. Okay, Um, also auditory, so we can hear things. So maybe we hear things that people say, or we have our own thoughts that we hear, right? Sometimes it's also we bring in information by our thoughts and by our feelings. So if you look at yourself in the mirror, let's say, and you see yourself weighing 10 or 20 pounds more than you do, or you see yourself and you're maybe seeing yourself and you believe you're less attractive than you are, let's say, or you see yourself and you see a person that is not well, you see a person, when you see your image, you, you, you feel and you think about yourself as a, as maybe an ill person with a, a disease or condition. And you've, you, that's how you view yourself, right? Right, wrong, or indifferent. Okay. This is just how you choose to bring the information into the brain. So whatever information comes in is what the brain has to work with. So what, unfortunately, the one unfortunate um, part of um, this amazing setup that somehow miraculously we have been designed somehow, the one pitfall is that the brain just can't decipher accurate information from inaccurate information. So if you are inaccurately viewing yourself a certain way, and you may truly believe what you believe, okay, so I'm not going to debate that. It's your choice. If you think you're right or you're thinking you're not right, you're, you're right. You're, it's what you believe right. is what's real, yeah. right? So this is where the power of our thoughts, what we say, how we feel about ourselves um, really matters because the brain is just going in, going on information that's coming in. So if you're stuck in a particular place in your journey of health and wellness, and you're not achieving the results, I'm going to tell you, you are self-sabotaging. You just don't know it. (laughs) There's something you're saying, doing, thinking, feeling, hearing, um, you know, regurgitating in your mind, visualizing, you know, something's going on that unbeknownst to you, perhaps, uh, that is, is the brain's like, Oh, okay. I see you want to think and feel this way. Okay. I'll produce that effect for you. And there you have it. So there's the power of just changing your thoughts. Yes. Amy, you talk a lot about, you know, intentions, uh, especially in your yoga practice, but just in life and journaling. I know you have a lot of great techniques and approaches that you've helped so many people with. Um, And there are, there's a lot of different ways about going about this, but I just wanted to bring some light to how this happens. Um, And hopefully that helps your, your listeners, you know, maybe have some light bulbs because the way you just, you know, the way you talk about yourself, the way you think about yourself, right. The way, the way you view yourself in the mirror or just in your mind's eye really matters. And remember the brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined. 
So if you want to imagine yourself as, I love the saying, fake it till you make it. And it's not faking it at all. It's believing that you are already, I don't know, 10 pounds lighter. Let's just do something simple like Mm -hmm. weight loss, right? Okay. Believing that you are already 10 pounds lighter. Now I know there'll be a part of your brain that's like, well, no, you're not, you're not 10 pounds lighter yet. And there'll be that part of the brain. Okay. You just got to knock it out of the way. And then again, what does it feel like to be 10 pounds lighter? How do you feel? What kind of clothes would you be wearing? What kind of things would you be doing? And you have to continue to bring those images and ideas and speak it out loud. Perhaps if you're more of an auditory person, if you're visual, you'd be visualizing, you know, and you just got to keep bringing in the new incoming information consciously into the brain and override the unconscious. It's really that simple. And it's amazing to see the changes. So I'd like to challenge your listeners. If you'd like to uh, create something, I'll let you be the organizer behind it. But I would love to see them, you know, take on, let's say a 30 day challenge or something, you know, where they can journal this, pick one thing and just really start to embody that experience and see where it takes them. And it's amazing how the brain quickly starts to alter your behaviors, the way you think and see the world to align with the goal you want to achieve. You know, and and Dr. Tatiana, like, I know that there's people listening who are going to be like, what a bunch of crap, right? Like, like we keep... We've, we've heard about the law of attraction and the power of positive thinking. Like, like we've all heard it, right? And I know that there's, there's some people out there that are just thinking, yeah, it's a load of crap. But you just brought to the table the science behind it and how our brain works. And so I hope that anyone who's listening that had some skepticism, um, I hope that you're able to understand, like, this is like real. There's science. Like this has been studied for, I don't know, many years. Um, and you know, just embrace it and try it. And, and there's a statistic and I never remember it, but like negativity, negative thoughts are 10 times more contagious than positive thoughts. And it takes more effort to think positive than it does negative. And if you look at what you've just discussed you know, with the brain not being able to distinguish um, between reality and, you know, um, non-reality or what might not already be reality. Like, why not try it? And like you said, try it for 30 days. It takes something like 28 days to create a habit. So try it for 30 days. Like I, I have post, I have one like right here on my computer screen. I have post-it notes on my bathroom mirror. Um, I am light, vibrant and healthy, you know? So when I see that in the morning, I read it and it's just constantly going into my brain. And, you know, I've always been one of those people, like, I know that I'm overweight. I know that, you know, and I still see myself as light and vibrant. Right. And, I see myself that way. And therefore, I know other people see me that way. They don't see me as overweight, right? Because I'm, I'm exuding that energy and that belief in myself. And every single person listening can do the same. It's really that easy. It sounds like a bunch of hogwash, (laughs) but it's not. Um, 
And so I'm wondering if you can connect just a little bit of that neuroplasticity connection. And like, if we keep repeating these thoughts to ourselves and, and, and what maybe even just define what is neuroplasticity for our listeners. Absolutely. So neuroplasticity is just a kind of semi-fancy word. If you break it down to two parts, neuro, so neurons, brain, and then plasticity means moldable, just like when you used to play with Play-Doh, you know, or something like that. So, uh, so it's neuroplasticity and it's uh, just a word that is used to explain that the brain is constantly evolving and changing. Uh, unfortunately, still today, many people believe that the brain you get is the brain you have, and that's how it is. And we have actually known since about the 60s uh, that the brain is, we sometimes say always listening, or the brain is constantly changing. Like even right now with being here and listening to this podcast, your brain is changing, like it or not, um, based (laughs) on the information coming in, because you're bringing in auditory information into the brain or potentially visible uh, visual information. So plasticity is that the brain is constantly evolving. And now we can have two types of plasticity, the plasticity where we like, where we see positive benefits. We just say like that's neuroplasticity in terms of that. And we can equate that to learning. So when you learn something new, let's say you learn a new idea, you learn a new skill, something of this nature, you have undergone neuroplasticity. Let's say you learned how to play the guitar. So prior to that, you didn't have the you know, the understanding of how to hold the guitar, how to move your fingers a certain way, how to connect your auditory with the movement of your fingers, et cetera. There's so many things that go into playing the guitar, but after several weeks, let's say, or some months, you are able to do that and you're singing along and you're walking and, and, you know, maybe even performing now, you know, so now you're getting a little bit more, you know, advanced because you've made some learning happen. Negative plasticity just means that unfortunately the neurons uh, reconnected with each other in a way that maybe now is causing like an issue, you know, and something that you don't want. So if you have thoughts or you maybe weren't aware that you had these thoughts that were keeping you stuck, you have a certain uh, wired pathway around that belief or that thought or that idea. Okay. So when you undergo changes and you start to bring a new input into the brain, like positive thinking, saying different things to yourself, like stuff like that. Okay. Like we can take Amy's, uh, I am vibrant and healthy. So now you start saying that to yourself on a daily basis. And now the brain's like, Oh, well, wait a minute. That, that means we have to change our wiring because that's a new thought and that's getting repeated. And that's the real important part here is that you can have a thought once, but that doesn't mean that the brain's going to go through all the effort to rewire that part. A lot of energy, a lot of resources. And the brain's going to be like, do you really mean it? Because I'm not going to go ahead and like, (laughs) you know, create, I think of it like creating pathways or a bridge, you know, let's say you have, um, you know, I have like, uh, we live on the golf course and, but there's this like little crick, this water, you know, between which kind of like separates it. And so many times I wish there was a little bridge that I could just like walk over, let my dogs run around a little bit for five or 10 minutes in the golf course and then come back. But unfortunately there's no bridge. So if the brain's going to take some time to connect ideas together, it's got to bridge these, uh, these things and it takes resources. So the brain's got to know you really mean it and not change your mind the next day, we're just going to break that bridge down and build another bridge over there now instead. Right. Right. Like that's just not, 
um, the brain's also really uh, mindful of energy consumption. So if that's not an efficient thing to do, it ain't getting done. So you have to repeat and repeat and say it over and over and over again. And sometimes the manifestation or the actualization of what you have put in motion doesn't become a reality until maybe sometime down the road. It's not necessarily like this. I mean, we're making structural changes in the brain and then we need to see the effects of that occur. Mm-hmm. So that is neuroplasticity. So by changing the way you think about things, you literally are going to turn your thoughts to things. If you say, I want to be a, a more vibrant individual, and now you start shifting and you can't just say, I'm going to be a vibrant individual. I'm going to be a vibrant. No, you, it, I mean, that doesn't really sound like you really believe it and <laughs> right. that you're embodying it. Like you really have, you have to, to own give it. it. Some effort. Is, yeah. <laughs> And it's hard when you don't, you know, when you don't know what vibrant vibrancy means, right? When you don't know what that means, what you need to do is emulate, you need to model, you need to find people who you feel vibrate. Like they just have that glow. They just have that beautiful energy about them. They just radiate, you know, you just sense it. You can see it. Then hang out with those people because guess what? (laughs) Guess what your brain's seeing all day long? (laughs) Vibrancy. So those are those kind of things where we need to model uh, if we're not sure, or if we do know what that feels like, we just need to re-enter a time when we were like that, for example. Um, and, And you really have to feel it. So if you can't just kind of half pretend, (laughs) you know, that's where the brain's like, you're not sure, but you kind of want something, but you're not sure if you're wishy-washy, the brain's like, ain't doing it. Cause I don't know which way to go. It doesn't know which way to go. So when you put an intention out there, for example, I wish to be more vibrant. You don't wish for it because that really predisposes or preassumes that you don't have it. I am vibrant. You already are vibrant. You have to speak as if it is. So, you know, imaginal acts become facts. Mm -hmm. So the fake it till you make it saying, for example, you know, you're already believing that you're those things and then moving towards developing the skills and the acquirement of a mindset or the physical, physical skills. Let's say you believe you can play the guitar, then your brain will start to shift in a way to make that learning really easy. And those neuroplastic changes happen. And next thing you are, you achieved what you wanted to achieve, right? So you turned your thoughts to things. If you think of anything, like think of everything that's created, like look around the room right now or wherever you happen to be, look around, look at everything that's created, the cars, the buildings, businesses, the clothes you're wearing. I mean, you name it, right? Those were once thoughts that now are things. At one point, someone's like, yeah, wouldn't it be great if we had like wireless earbuds, right? Wouldn't it be great if we could like have a podcast, right? So that once once never existed, but now it does. So you just think it and it can be. So, but I just want to help people understand why sometimes they can sabotage without knowing. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing, the other thing you mentioned, like if I just can pick up on this real quick, is it's hard, it's, it takes more effort to be positive than negative. So remember, your brain is trying to keep you safe. It scans your external environment for threats. It scans your internal environment for threats. So let's say you say, I want, I don't know, let's come up with something. Amy, what's a good example? Um, Something scary, like something kind of big. Like I know public speaking, like a lot of people, public speaking can be one of their 
it tends to be a societal number one fear. So let's say, you know, you want to put yourself out there. You want to do some public speaking, but you're afraid (laughs) because it scares you, (laughs) right? What is that, you know, primitive survival part of your brain going to sense? Your fear. fear. Mm-hmm. And because it scans your internal environment as well as the external environment, like, you know, nobody's going to come and kill you because you want to <laughs> public speak. You know what I mean? They might throw apples and tomatoes at you or rotten eggs. Is that what they used to do? No, <laughs> that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. Um, but your internal environment is sensing fear. And therefore it's like, uh-oh, 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 no, 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 no. She better not go do that. He better not go do that. That's not good. That, that could be bad. And fear obviously is a big trigger for the survival aspects of your brain. And it's going to keep you safe. So it's going to say, no, don't venture outside. No, no, don't do that podcast. No, don't make that social media post. No, don't go talk to those people because it yeah. just senses fear. And it will then shift your behavior unbeknownst to you internally in your heart, you might be like, Oh, I really, really, really want to like share this message to the world, or I want to speak, or I want to do something. But this other part is going to override and it's going to start adjusting your thoughts and behaviors Mm -hmm. to not move forward in that direction because it sensed fear and danger. And that's very real to that part of the brain. It's that powerful. So if you could just come to terms with that and just realize it's just mechanisms, you know, it's, it's meant for survival. So we appreciate it that when maybe when we're distracted and all of a sudden there's like a tree branch that cracked and falling and it might hit us on our head. And last minute your, you know, your eyes catch something and quickly dodge out of the way. I mean, thank God we have this system, for example, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it is working for us every day. You're alive, aren't you? So, so it's working, but it also can work in a way that may not be advantageous. So you just need to be aware of that. And what what I'd, I'd love to see you do is, is just be able to understand that process and then have control over it and manifest the things that you want. So you can flip it on its head and, uh, you know, switch the game around a little bit and feed it with good positive intentions, embodying the message. Yeah. And you can shift your thoughts to things and manifest all your real, all your dreams into reality. And we really can have everything we want. You know, we just have to start believing it and, and telling, you know, like, like we said in the beginning, there might be fear, but you have to fake it till you make it. And eventually it will feel more real. Um, And then that's when the transitions happen. So thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Habanova. I think this has been just a really enlightening conversation. And again, bringing the the science of it into, you know, the woo-woo part of it, uh, so to speak, um, I think is really beneficial for our listeners today. So if people would like to find out more about about you. I know you have some programs coming up, but it's drhabanova.com. And I will have that in the show notes for everyone that, to click through. Um, but tell us about some of the programs you have um, that you offer. 
Sure. Um, thank you, Amy. So basically I do a lot of work with neuroperformance. Uh, so in my clinic, I'll work with patients with brain-based challenges and as well as top performing athletes to enhance their neuroperformance. But in the online space, I work majorly with women, um, actually exclusively with women to help them enhance their neuroperformance. So that could be things from just improving their memory. So let's say you're working and you're feeling like maybe you're just not as sharp as you want to be, maybe feeling a little bit of brain fog, maybe you just feel like you're losing your edge a little bit and you just want to be, you know, sharper and, and just a little quicker um, at things. So then we'll go ahead and work on some of these processes and pathways, uh, you know, through various transformational programs. Some of them are shorter, some of them are longer. So you can just check things out on my website and, uh, or reach out and ask any questions if you have any. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here today and sharing with everyone. Again, this was a wonderful conversation. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Amy Zelmer. And also, please consider leaving a five-star review of this podcast wherever you are listening to help others who are also on their own wellness journey discover the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode.